we are at a Garage Project event. Yeah. You heard of these guys? Um, Garage Project. Once or twice, yeah. Yeah. We're going to be chat with Pete coming up. Uh, Pete, the the co-founder, brewer side of the Garage Project. It's really cool to chat to him. He's the the mysterious side of the brewery. Yeah, publicly get out and about as much as um, Joss does, but gee, he's a good talker and an interesting bloke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would have been probably could have been a two-hour show. Oh, for and sure. Glad they were able to squeeze us in. So, um, thanks to, to Adam from Garage Project for hooking us up. Yep. Uh, how you been? Really good. Haven't been drinking too much. Yeah. Trying to uh, tap the brakes a little bit. Yeah, sure. Sometimes you got to think a little bit about your health. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and... It's been good. Been doing some uh, Bikram yoga. Oh, the, the hot yoga? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I know anyone that's got a kind word to say about that. That's got a what? A kind word to say what, about What do you it. mean? Well, people hate it just because the concept. Of well, like, why do oh, they hate it? Hot yoga, it's a bit weird. You know, that kind of right, attitude. Okay. <laughs> and then people hate it because they tried it once and it was really hot and they hated it. Okay. I mean, it's almost in the title. But yeah, nice. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's about the only takes I've ever had of it. It's fantastic. Makes you feel amazing. I've never done yoga at all, so um, it's my first foray into it. It's bloody hard. And Bikram is like, because hot yoga it can be like any kind of yoga in a hot temperature, but Bikram is very structured. It's 26 okay. poses in a particular order. Uh, for, it takes 90 minutes at a particular temperature. Um, and yeah, it's rough. But yeah. uh, it makes you feel fantastic. Are you feeling more uh, limber? No, yeah, I've done two classes so okay. far. Probably um, not feeling limber at all now. No, I'm feeling sore and yeah. sorry for myself. But uh, I do a lot of uh, running and uh, gym work and it's nothing like – it's a workout totally different to, uh, that, to anything that I'm used to. So it's fantastic. Also, like you sweat that much that it feels like you're getting a bit of a cleanse going on. So yeah, yeah. I recommend it. All right. Um, oh, it could be a recommendation later on. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It won't be. I uh, just got back from Port Douglas and I am sunburnt. Oh, yeah? My shoulders. I've been in pain for about three or four days now. Let me ask you this. Why weren't you sun smart? Um, oh, look, it's my own fault. I was playing in the pool with my two nieces. Having an awesome time. Uh, I got out and did some spray sunscreen. Sure. And I think it was near the end of the thing, and I just got spray. I didn't get any sunscreen. So you felt you, like you, you you felt it on your body. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But you didn't. But there wasn't actually any protection. No, in there. that's no. Uh, deceptive. And I actually mentioned it to my niece later on that I got sunburned after the spray, and she's like, "Oh, is it empty?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Yeah, that happens sometimes." <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for the heads up. Words of wisdom from a nine year old. Uh, but uh, yeah, so after two hours in the direct sun. Uh, in Port Douglas, I am burnt or crisp. My shoulders are. You're going to have to uh, line up the Port Douglas Rex because I think I'm going up there uh, towards the middle of next year. Well, fun, funny you should say that. I think our next episode will feature uh, the guy from Hemingway's Ooh. Brewery in Port Douglas. I guess we'll talk about them a little bit probably next in week, next, next show. show. Perhaps, yeah. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the beers. and Yeah. Should we do some fun. news? There's Let's been do some, some news. news since we went away. I know. Big acquisition news. So Vale Brewing. Vale Brewing. Bickford's gone. Can't believe it. Uh, what's the other one? There was another one. Was there? Feral? Mm, Feral doesn't Brewing? doesn't sound like a brewery I've heard of before. What do you think about that? Same as I think about all of them. It's a shame to lose a pillar. Mm. But I mean, have we lost a pillar? I don't know if we have. Has anyone... Here's a question. Is there anyone that's at that level of your feral, your mountain goat, etc., other than Stone and Wood, that have... 
retained independence. When you because when you think of the the high tier brands in Australia, you know, nationally distributed, um, been around for a few years, beloved. Those guys, you know, one of the last to remain independent. Yep. Um, Gage Roads, I guess, is probably at that level in terms of distribution. They've gone the other way and, and bought back their independence. The same with Stone and Wood. Yep. Um, but, you know, it gets... It Do you mean just in tenure or in like... Tenure reach? and reach, I think. Because Bridge Road oh, yeah, have of course, yep. been around for a long time, but not the reach. Um, yeah, they have reasonable reach, don't they? Reasonable reach, yeah. but like not like your Gage Roads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Pirate Life is probably the... They've yeah, been around for long, but they've, they've shot up straight away. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, maybe uh, just tenure-wise, um, Grand Ridge. Yeah, What's, in terms of tenure, yeah. they, they certainly don't have the reach. No, um, and then Coopers obviously as well. But yeah, I think it's interesting. We're seeing, you know, Four Pines and Feral in the space of a short amount of time. Um, but also, what, what what factor do you think there is when people have poured? their hearts and souls into a business that is not lucrative for coming on to 15, 20 years, um, any kind of like – any revenue goes towards expansion uh, of the business. The payday factor's got to come into it, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I'm not I'm – not. Definitely not throwing shade on on Fiero or, or anyone else um, in that regard. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, we talked about Sierra Nevada a little bit in the next segment where it's like they're one of the few that have kind of stuck around for long enough and then kept that integrity. Um, and I guess, you know, there is investment. I don't know about Sierra Nevada's investment, but in terms of places like Colonial and Pirate Life, um, they certainly have big investors behind them. So you need obviously capital, but yeah, it's an, an, course, an interesting yeah. to see. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's an interesting um, phase of the industry, I guess. It makes it interesting as like a observer and commentator, I guess. We went along to. I feel like you should bring your phone onto the. Oh, because uh, you're plugged in. Yeah, yeah I'm okay, plugged in. So, sorry for the listener. I'm awkwardly twisted. We went along to a Mubaru event. The other yeah, day. yeah. It was a bit of a weird event. It was a bit of a weird event. Um, I, I like the venue, Garden State, Garden State in the City. It's pretty overwhelming. It's in the. It's immense. Yeah. But on a sunny afternoon with mm. that natural light, it's really quite. Um, mm. You know what it reminds me of? Well, topical given uh, a current release movie at the moment, but it reminds me of the Bradbury building in the original um, Blade Runner. I don't know if you've seen that in the last yeah, 20 yeah. years, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's. I don't f- like Blade Runner. No, why not? No, I liked the book and then I. What didn't you like about the movie? Which, which version of the movie did you. Oh, I've seen three or four yeah, different okay. ones. Because the no, final cut's the only one that really... Everyone always says, oh, no, what you've got to do is watch this one. I'm, I, I, I'm so confused by all of this now. Yeah, okay. I'm out. Um, what was clear in the in the book that wasn't clear in the movie? Well, there's things in the in the book that I really liked. I liked... No, sorry, I'm, I'm more confused about the different versions of the movie, not yeah, the right. story. Things in the book that I really liked, I liked the, the animal aspect, which isn't really explored in the movie. Fine, yeah. About owning animals as a status symbol. And if you have a... An electric or a fake animal, then you know that's low, your lower tier. Sure, people like try and get fake that they do, um, and that's crucial to the book, right? And there's a whole weird religious subplot in the book. Which that's is pretty interesting cool. because, like, that sort of classism isn't even really a factor in the movie. Yeah. So, and that's what I really liked about yeah reading it. And then I saw the movie. I'm like, oh, the actual plot is a bit like 
it's not a super complex plot when there's a lot of nuance and even for a short story in the book was, yeah. Okay, fair anyway, enough. That's apropos of nothing. But True. Do you have any desire to see 2049? Oh, maybe. Maybe if it's on Netflix I'll watch yeah, it one okay. day. Um, yeah, so Moo Brew, they were launching a can machine uh, at Garden State. They had a couple of events there, but I, I don't think they went ahead in the end. Was it for the can machine or was it – just relative. So they had a Melbourne event for the Melbourne Festival. Yeah. Which the Cam Machine, I think, mm-hmm. was initially launched there. Yep. And then I had it at Garden State. I think it's there for another week or so while we talk. Um, it's like a um, a roulette-style slot machine, but for Moobrew tins. Yeah, yeah. And one other tin. Which uh, I still don't know. I think I'm a fan of the decision. Okay. So I guess it's basically, if, if you imagine like a steampunk can machine where – it's lots of like, yeah, you, you pay your, I think, $9 and you get a, a Lucky Dip can of their range. Of their canned range, yeah. Plus the original plan was to have a, a mystery can. But when we were there, the can, the sixth can was Foster's. Uh, it was uh, extra enjoyable given your piece on Foster's. I thought that was enjoyable. Extra enjoyable given that when you had a spin, you got a Foster's. Um, but I liked that. Because I think it adds more of a risk element to going and putting nine dollars down for a slot machine for beer. Nine dollars is a lot of money to get a Foster's it is. out of a slot machine. To be fair, you didn't pay for your. I did role. not pay for mine. No. So, um, yeah. So as much as I would have rather had the risk element of a mystery can, I kind of overall like the fact that there's like a negative risk associated with possibly yeah, yeah. getting a Foster's. If you're out with a group and you all have a go. And then one of them gets Foster's. Ah, you lose If it. anyone spins, you know you get, you're telling your mates, I hope you get a blue can. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool looking machine. It's going to end up down at, um, down at Mona. It's going to yeah, have residency at Mona. Yeah. Good spot for it. Um, I mean, that was a fun event. They yeah, it was people. good. I, I, I like the, the reps at Moo. And we had a tasting of the range. And it was all, I think we had the discussion at the time. If you're looking for line and length style beers, they're making really good examples of it. Mm, definitely, definitely. I like the dark in particular. Yep. Um, what else did they have there? Pills, Hef, Pale, and the Enigma single mm. hop. Which, I mean, we've mentioned it yeah. enough times. It's delicious. Um, hopefully we can get the, the head brewer on. Yeah, we'll try and see something up, yeah. Um, which was, we're supposed to get him for a quick chat, but things fell through. Um, but yeah, let's watch this space. Oh, there was another sexist label controversy. Is this the one we talked about earlier? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, Bounty Hunter Brewing, who I don't know much about. No, I, I hadn't heard of him until you mentioned it. Uh, and basically, they put up a label that had Princess Peach from the uh, Mario video game franchise, Nintendo, I believe. And she was looking, I guess, sexualized and then uh, bound and struggling while. Uh, what are they? What are the little guys? I was going to say minions, but King Cooper's minions uh, were looking well, he on. He had Goombas. He had yeah, maybe they were Goombas. He had paratroopers. Something. Right. Maybe there's a mishmash. Um, What's the IP concern with doing I, that, something like that? I imagine there's some. I imagine, but I don't know. I imagine. Surely you can't just use Peach. I don't know. I imagine it's quite complicated. Anyway, that's anyway. neither here nor there. So, and someone, someone took issue with it and um, I think publicly – Amplified and, and called them out and said, you know, this is sexist and, and rapey. And then they had a very couple of lengthy Facebook posts where they said they disagreed. Uh, 
there's been a lot of words just saying we disagree and you don't get video games. Um, one of their partners posted on Facebook, and this is all public on Facebook, um, that, you know, they discussed about making good breasts because they didn't want her to look underage. And then they discussed that, yeah, oh, she said, you know, yeah, it is rapey, but of course it's a rapey situation. And I feel like they've just... It's digging. doubling down for, uh, to your detriment. Yeah, as you said before, they're digging up. Yeah. Um, and whether you, I think, I think there still is discussion in the grey areas here because, you know, there is artwork that, that people enjoy that is sexual in nature. Um, Canteon have a couple of sexual labels. And I like agree with the, uh, I agree with the, um, the foundation of that argument. But you've got to know when to pick your battles. And I don't know. It seems well, like a tough thing to do. If part of your defense is, well, of course it looks rapey. Like then just, hey, maybe don't die on this hill and do some yeah. different artwork. Because yeah. like, yeah, what are, you, what are you achieving out of this? By like sticking up for rapey artwork? <laughs> is that what you want your brand to be? And I guess, you know, people, there were people commenting like, yeah, good on you for sticking to your guns and, you know, I'm going to buy your beer now. But, like, you are in a public Definitely, space. exactly right. People are going to have opinions on your things. And if, and if their opinion is so negative that this comes about, then maybe rethink what you're doing because there might be a reason why people are reacting so badly. And if that's what you want to pin your brand to? Yeah. Is that what you want to pin your brand yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Princess Peach. Being in a rapey situation. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, an odd um, battle to pick, but. And I guess on the other side, <clears throat> I think maybe because it came out so publicly, they did kind of stick to their guns. You know, I'd be curious to know how it would go the other way. In, in terms of, it's such a small brewing company, one beer that is going to, you know, only be around for a couple of weeks at the most. Is it worth amplifying the problem? To, to keep the debate going, maybe it is. I don't actually. I probably that's more of a question than a rhetorical question. Yeah, is it worth um, sticking to your guns with the the negative? Uh, oh, the, the sorry, not negative side, but the the questioning publicly and, and loudly. Hey, everyone, look at this. Yeah, and also, I mean, like I'd never heard of him. Yeah. We're talking about him now, it, but I mean, even if you create awareness of your brand, is that a good thing given the context? Yeah, I, I guess I, I've just heard of him now. Yeah, and it makes me go, yeah, I don't really want to know about yeah, yeah. anymore. Yeah. Responses on Facebook weren't, weren't ideal. Um, anyway, whatever. People ha- people are going to have opinions on it. Yeah. Hey, so I don't think I have any more news. Are we done with news? Yeah, I think there's probably a lot more, but I've just gotten back from a lengthy stint away. You haven't been drinking. So let's uh, throw to let's someone. Let's get straight into the more interesting section of the show. Um, and then we'll come back and do some uh, recommendations. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? drinking? Beer. Drinking beer. Oh, beer, beer. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's a it, it's a fun one. I think it's interesting. It's probably upset more people than any other beer we've done. Right. Just because it, when we first brought it out, because it is so simple, it really is just it's like but it's so malt simple and sarts. So and it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to like kind of point out to people that you know you don't have to put kumquat and monkey spunk and things to make it interesting. It, it just 
really simple is sometimes exactly what you feel like. I, I like I like that whole spectrum of beers. So we did this, and yeah, I just some people were like, "Oh, what's what have Garage Project done?" <laughs> well, I, I think to, quite funny. to that point, the first time we had it was. Um, Gabs a couple of years ago yeah. and in that environment when we'd had every flavour under the sun thrown at our palate in tiny quantities yeah. we just went and grabbed a grabbed a beer and it was just like this palate refresher yeah. exactly what we needed yeah. yeah yeah. I mean I will point out that it, it routinely fails to get any kind of awards because it is too hobby for style like it does have quite a lot of starts in it but um, I, look I really like it it's a fun one it's, it's um, we enjoy it and the can's great as oh, well yeah. perfect yeah, yeah. Are we going to see that in Australia? Yeah. I guess we should introduce We've just started yeah, talking. Yeah, we didn't really do anything, did we? Uh, we've, we've got Pete from Garage Project sitting here at uh, Grape and Grain. You're about to do some trivia? Yep. Are you, are you hosting the trivia? Uh, no, Adam's going to host the trivia and I've been told to shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay. Uh, and not say anything to start with in case I give away the answers to questions. Right, so. right. So you're kind of, I guess, <laughs> the the brewer side of Garage Project. Yeah. We've had Joss on the show before. and Oh, cool. Um I think most people would know Joss. The this kind of he's out there giving interviews and stuff. Yeah. Um, so what's what's your part of the business? Just making the beer. Yeah, I think I mean Joss and I have been heavily involved in probably all aspects of it to start with. Um, and Joss has certainly been in Australia probably a little bit more. He travels more than I do. I like to be around the brewery and doing that. So I mean, my background was I worked. I'd worked in brewing in bigger breweries about ten years prior to setting up the garage. So I worked in the UK. I worked at Breakspears, the late great Breakspears, until it shut down. Okay. And I don't I worked, know if I'm familiar with that. Yeah. So Breakspears was a, a really awesome regional real ale brewery in Henley-on-Thames, um, which was like, that was the first brewery I worked at. And it was just the most romantic, amazing place mm. built in that time where people actually put like effort into industrial architecture it was just it was the most stunning place you know wrought iron spiral staircases stained glass windows copper wood it was just you know a real i mean for me like it was a real dream come true uh, and then unfortunately uh within like kind of i think eight months of being there it shut down and it got turned into yuppie flats oh, right. oh, which is horrible did, they yeah. sold the they sold the brand to refresh which also do uh witchwood um, so, you know, uh, the big thing was it, it had stopped being a family-owned company. It had been put, you know, been made public and they, they sold the brewery for an enormous amount of money. It's the most expensive real estate in the south of England, which is saying something. So, you know, they just took the money and then still had the, the tighter state of pubs and, and had a, another company making the beer. Pretty sad at the time. I mean, there were people at that brewery whose parents had worked at the brewery. And to be quite honest, they probably weren't going to get work anywhere else. Wow, yeah. It was like a sheltered workshop. Anyway. I guess starting out, something like that, is that something you want to turn Garage Project into? Do you want your kids to work at Garage Project one day? Oh, my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I think only if, only if they were really passionate about it. I would never want to try and thrust it yeah. upon them. Um, so, yeah, but no, it's an interesting question. It is an interesting question given, you know, obviously – acquisition thing that's happening at the moment you know the the idea that you can like set up a, a dynasty like that because obviously it exists like sierra nevada is a perfect example of that i mean they're now moving into like second generation sierra nevada ownership which is or i think that's kind of uh, cool the uh, belgian breweries as well where like Absolutely. some of the kids like that that's the only thing they know is they're going to yeah. grow up and try and be a master blender or a master brewer or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it's fun. Uh, I don't think I would ever put any pressure on my children, though. Yeah. 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 Didn't uh, one of them come up with the, the smoky Shakespeare beer? Yes, my daughter is um, really into Shakespeare, which I don't know where she got that from. <laughs> I mean, she got into it when she was 11. When I was 11, I was into cricket cards <laughs> okay. and pretty much nothing else. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's into Shakespeare. So, But no, she came up with that idea. It was pretty cool. I mean, so I've, that was fun, brewing with my daughter. Um, and then we've actually, strangely enough now, kind of got this relationship with a kind of local Shakespeare community. So we're doing, we're doing another Shakespeare beer this year. We're doing Full Fathom 5, so it's a, an English IPA. Um, but we're doing it in nitro cans. We're doing nitro cans now, which is... Cool. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. that is really cool. Uh, not, without its, not without its challenges, but it's, I, I'm stoked. It's awesome. Are you going to do the, the widget or the... Is it the no, so it's not a widget. It's just we shoot, board. you just shoot like uh, a jet of liquid nitrogen into the can just prior to sealing. And then if you, you need to leave it to sit condition for a period of time, but then all you need to do is just like kind of invert it three times, like backwards and forwards, and then just pour it and you get a perfect pour. So that's cool. I'm really excited about that. So what happened after you left uh, breaks? After break spears? Um, well, lots of things. Uh, I remember the, the day I told my partner that I'd been, that I was going to be fired, been made redundant. She also told me she was pregnant with our first kid. I was like, <laughs> we were like, I was like, I got, I got some news. She was like, I got some news too. And I was like, well, what's your news? She's like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> um, but no, I found another brewery. It's uh, like a movie, which like that plot line, I wouldn't buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that never happened. Um, but yeah, no, we we went. I went to another brewery called Hepworth and Co. Uh, which is still functioning. Um, and they were an interesting bunch. So they'd been part of King and Barnes, which is another regional real ale brewery, which had shut down, but a whole bunch of them basically just pulled their redundancy money and kind of cobbled together a brewery. So, you know, exactly the opposite end of the extreme from Breaks Beers that had been this stunning kind of like beautiful traditional space to Hepworth & Co., which was really was just held together with number eight wire. But it was a fascinating place. They put all their money into a really good packaging line and we used to package for real ale breweries all over the country. So people would win an award for a beer, have no ability to like package it because they were just, you know, a, a, a cask brewery. Um, so they'd give our recipe to us and we'd We'd brew it and pack it. And for a young brewer, like a kind of like a journeyman, that's so exciting. Like every week you had like new recipes arriving and, you know, as a, 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 like working with the brewer to make sure that their beer turned out the way they wanted to. That was cool. Hmm. Yeah. So from there... Uh, James, James Squire. I brewed for James Squire yeah, right. for about five years nice. in Sydney. Yeah. So you're originally from UK? I was born in Scotland, but I um, grew up in New Zealand. Okay. Uh, in Wellington and Christchurch, and then did what most Kiwis do and like left uh, mm. immediately. And then spent you know, 20 years like around in Australia, the UK, and yeah, moved, moved back to New Zealand for the garage. Yeah, nice. So, um, Garage Project has got a lot on at the moment. Yeah. I'm surprised you're here. Uh, I saw that the second birthday of the tap room. Yeah. Have you been to the tap room yet, Dave? Uh, I've been to the at first, the, the garage tap room, but I haven't been to the... Yeah, uh, yeah. So we've got our little cellar door where yep. you can come and do free tastings and there, take away. Yeah. And we always wanted to have a bar because I think it's so so much of the pleasure of drinking a beer is the surroundings you're in, you know, and I think the idea for us, both for Joss and I, of being able to control that surrounding and make it as cool as we as we thought we could. Um, so we always wanted to do it at at the garage itself, but... 
you know, at some point we made the decision to make it a production brewery and that kind of ruled out the possibility of converting any of it into a bar. Um, but then a place, a really cute little place across the street in Aro Valley came up for lease and we've, we've taken that. So basically you shamble out of the brewery across the road and you're in the That's bar. That's great. I cool. remember when I went to the tap room, uh, I'd been mountain biking for four hours just up the road yep. I came back out and dropped my bike off and walked into the tap room and Joss was there and he said are you okay <laughs> and I, I was just sweating and red I wasn't quite in the I didn't have the fitness level I have now uh, and I said yep I've just been mountain biking and I had a, a glass of pills and thrills and it was perfect yeah it's exactly yep. what I needed yep. Up yep. Yeah. that's still one of your favorite beers as well isn't it do you think that's uh, carried over from that memory definitely yeah. definitely that's good to hear. I'm super fond of Pills and Thrills. It's an interesting beer because it doesn't really fit in any kind of style guideline because it is obviously a, an intensely hoppy Pilsner. Um, but yeah, we originally brewed that with uh, um, roller derby girls in mind in Wellington. Right. So roller derby's like a thing. It's quite, got quite a following in Willie. And so we, we initially did it for them and it's just grown from there. Yeah, yeah it's a good one. It's interesting the weedy do a uh, roller derby beer as well. Booty Blocker Brown is, is there. Oh, is, yeah. Uh, I think think it supports the club in some way. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Or they yeah. have their um, event around the release. Yeah, yeah. Like that, but it's, in, it's, it's yeah. involved anyway. Yeah. Hmm. You can see, I guess, the scenes is crossover for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, aside from the tap room, you guys are working with B-Studio up... Yeah. Uh, Hawks Bay. Hawks, Hawks Bay, Bay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? So, I mean... <sighs> This has happened a number of times with the garage. We just grow to a certain point and it becomes really clear that we've, we've kind of hit a ceiling and we need to somehow push on to the next level to be able to like fulfill demands. And what tends to happen is you discover that you're so busy making core range beers, it becomes harder and harder to do the kind of thing that we really like doing, which is kind of coming up with new ideas and playing around. Um, and so we've, you know, we've had a couple of really big uh, expansions at the garage and that's helped us, but we were just at that level again. So we were sort of basically thinking, well, you know, we need to commit to getting a new production site and putting in a substantially larger brewer, but brewery. But that's, it's not something that you want to take on lightly. That's a lot of money involved. And at exactly that moment, we were approached by these guys from B Studio who basically wanted to produce a state-of-the-art facility where people could brew but no one was wanting to jump on the wagon uh, and we said look you know if you get all of the equipment that we would be getting for our dream brewery uh, then we're in and we'll partner with you now and make sure that it all happens uh, and and they did so we were like well that's very cool so uh, it's got sort of you know Krohn's Steinecker brew house um, pretty, pretty amazing packaging lines, all the things that we'd really wanted. So, yeah. Uh, and what basically what we do is we go up there, we brew, there's a garage project brewer there for, for every brew. Uh, and we just, yeah, are able now to sort of move a couple of select beers there to get a bit more volume. And that frees us up. To so that's already happening around. then? Yeah. That's yeah, happening. cool. Yeah, yeah. How long has that been happening for? Uh, probably only the last couple of months. Any um, um, unforeseen problems or anything from your end? Or? Oh, of course. It's a, <laughs> it's a brewery. I don't think any brew day doesn't <laughs> – there isn't some kind of unforeseen issue. Um, but no, I think on the whole it's, it's good. It's certainly going to free up uh, us to be able to sort of, I think, grow some of our – some of the beers which have only really been in very small amounts, we're going to be able to grow those ones up a little bit more. So, you know, some of our IPAs, 
uh, we're going to be able to do, you know, 10,000 litre batches instead of two. And that feels good to be able to spread that a little bit further. And I think it's integral for us to be able to come over to Australia and actually offer the same kind of range that we have in New Zealand, which is really important to us. So, you know, our vision is to be able to like treat Australia as if it was the same market as New Zealand. So when we launch a new beer, it's launched in New Zealand, it's launched in Australia. Uh, and then really take control of of all the outlets and make sure that the beer is turning over quickly, that it's super fresh, uh, that it's cold chained the whole way, all of those things. What sort of logistical hurdles are there in trying to ensure that you can release a beer in Australia? Well, it means, often it means brewing once, like with sort of, you know, quite a lead time so that it can actually get here and then bring again for the New yeah, Zealand right, market. Okay. So we'll do, we do two brews. So like, I think the first time that's happened is this Day of the Dead that we're doing now. So there'll be Day of the, Day of the Dead events all around Australia yeah, and New right. Zealand. Um, and it'll be like a simultaneous that's fine. release. Because given thing. the relative proximity to uh, between Australia and New Zealand, like the logistic time is quite long. Yeah. So it's got to be slow boat. To do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's um, it's interesting you say that because I know um, founders KBS they brewed two batches this year, mm-hmm. one for the international market, yep. which was a slightly different ABV, and then the one for America. So I guess it's you know there are people tr- we're, everyone's trying to work out how best to you know yeah for sure get that worldwide footprint and yeah. and have it mean something to people that. You know, five years ago it was just going to be old beer. And yeah, that you know was not in a good condition. I think, I think freshness has to be the the ultimate thing. Doesn't matter how good your recipe is or how good it tastes the day that it's packed. If you're not looking after it in every way, it's a fucking waste of time because you're going to take it off the shelf and it's going to taste old and horrid. And you're not going to say, "Oh, it's a shame it's old." You're probably just going to say, "Garage project's a bit crap." So well, you know, if, if you know, if you don't know what the backstory is, then absolutely. that's the only thing that you can really. Yeah, if you don't know, yeah, that's what you're going to draw the conclusion. I mean, obviously, yeah. hoppy beers in particular. I mean, I just I, I hate the idea of something sitting around, you know, getting dusty until eventually somebody picks it up and says, "Oh, what's all the fuss about?" You know. Anyway, I was looking in the fridges just before with my girlfriend, and she picked up a Stone, whatever their juicy Northeast IPA is, and she said, "This can always appeals to me." And I said, "That's all well and good." And I looked at the date, and it was. Uh, the start of June this year, it was packaged, mm. and then just next to it was an extra juicy from Three Ravens, and it was like three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, so why would you spend the extra money yeah. if you get like a similar yeah. product yeah. so much fresher yeah. where it matters? Yeah, but that's not fair for Stone. You know what I mean? No, no, it's not fair <laughs> like for it's, they shouldn't be doing it. Like I don't know. We all know our thoughts on these. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess you guys, you know, growing that footprint. That's obviously the the bigger you grow, that's sort of the more of the risk, isn't it? Well, uh, yeah. Yes, that's true, but I think it just means that we need to pay more attention to how we do things. So, you know, I mean, we have just shifted from being with a distributor in Australia to having Adam on the ground. And, I mean, I think that is the difference, having somebody whose sole focus is making sure that you're in the right places where the beer will turn over, keeping an eye on things, you know, not oversupplying people. Um, So, yeah, I think that's crucial. Um, But, I mean, yeah, getting back to the B-Studio... I mean, yes, that's great. Yes, it frees up um, us to be able to play around more at RO Street. But it also meant that we were able to put the money we did have into setting up our Marion Street site, which is like a separate, not a brewery. So we still make our word up at RO and we ship it down um, five minutes to the other brewery site. And Marion Street is where we are free to 
experiment with much more unusual yeasts, bacteria, without shitting ourselves that there's the possibility of cross-contamination. Um, and, you know, that's been going for probably over a year now, and we're really starting to amass quite a cool library of, of barrel stock there. Um, we've got, like, uh, I think four fooders on the go. Um, that's quite fun. Josh is playing around making natural wines, okay. uh, which is good. I have ADHD when it comes to wine. It's like yeah, someone right. says, there's some wine. I go, oh, really? And then I wander off. It's, um, <laughs> but that's good. No, he's doing, he's doing some fun stuff. It's great. It's, I mean, even I like it. So um, it's cool. It's a cool space. And I think that feels more garage, I think, to us, especially at the moment, rather than putting all our eggs into, you know, trying to produce a big production brewery that's just banging out volume, you know, Marion State's fun. We do some crazy stuff there, and I think it keeps us really excited. You've had one beer come out of that so far, packaged? Uh, I think we, we've had uh, Pity Mort came out, uh, Heels to Jesus, uh, and then we've just released Hippity Dippity, which is, uh, um, and they're all basically out of stainless, so they're Brett fermented or mixed, mixed fermentations. Um, Hippity Dippity's pretty cool. It's a very unusual Brett strain uh, that a friend of ours isolated tracked down and grew up and it it's just bursting with kind of crazy mango tropical fruit flavors so it's like a it's an ipa but with a very different little twist on it i'm really fond of hippity dippity it's cool uh, and then on top of that we've got you know a lot of uh, spontaneous and interesting wild ferments uh, we've done a lot of things uh, over the past year or so where we go out and forage flowers and use those as a, as the kind of to create a spontaneous ferment uh, that came from sitting down chatting to somebody who was doing their PhD on the colonies of yeast and bacteria in manuka flowers you know manuka is like a the tea tree native tea tree in New Zealand and I was like that's fascinating and like we tried it, we tried doing, we did a batch, and they just threw manuka flowers in, and boom, wow, it just ferments, like yeah, right. uh, you know. But as well as the unique kind of yeast and bacteria that's in there, you've also got this kind of lovely manuka imprint in the beer as well. It's mm. like you know manuka honey, and then all sorts of interesting things happening. And we've just taken that idea and, and progressed it. So we've done a lot of native, a lot of native flower ferments. Uh, as well as some other things. Gorse. If you've ever been to Wellington, there's a fucking shit ton of gorse. So yeah. we're doing gorse flower ferments, which are really cool. Uh, we even we even did one with um, hop binds, like the whole hop bind, just throwing it into wort. And they they are really interesting. Interesting. Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. an interesting sort of uh, yeah. crossover, Yeah, so just, just threw it in and whatever was growing on the on the whole bind just fermented the, the wort. And that is yeah. fascinating. Yeah, yeah isn't okay. it? We'll be releasing that Did anyone one. study that or just, just see what happens? Well, we're just seeing what happens. Yeah, right. I mean, we are currently uh, about to embark on a bit of a, a, a program with uh, Auckland University. They've got like a yeast lab there. Um, so we'll probably start maybe, you know, once we start a spontaneous ferment, sending them some of the work and we'll be able to find out what is actually happening. Well, you want some solid data and if someone else can get it for you, then that's ideal. Yeah. How do you sort of maintain garage project integrity across you know beef studio the brewery wild workshop i mean everything you guys are doing there's so much stuff out there but it all seems to kind of i don't know everything i always have is has got that consistency and good is that a, is that a problem for you to kind of or is it a challenge for you yeah i think it's a monumental challenge uh and it's probably why you don't see me out and about quite as much i think i mean one thing i will say is having worked in breweries prior to setting up the garage I think, you know, there's a lot of people now who go straight from home brewing or something to starting a brewery. And I mean, look, good on them. 
that's awesome. For me personally, it was all about trying to, you know, uh, learn learn from bigger breweries. There's a lot of you don't have to like the beers that big breweries produce, but they are very clever at producing a consistent product um, of a very high quality. And you know, hats off to them for doing that. I think you know, a lot of people, you know, craft can learn from that, uh, and it'll only lead to us having a better product at the end of the day. I reckon. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got a great team of people now. We, I think that's one of the things I like most about the garage is it's just, it seems to draw cool people. Uh, so people come to us and, you know, quite often we've created roles for people. Not that we didn't need someone there, but it's like, this person is so awesome. Like we have to, you know, like let's get them now while they want to want to join. And that's worked really well. So yeah, you, you end up just getting like a really, a really good energy. Um, you know, a lot of creative ideas and a lot of fun people. You know, it's it's cool. Not something, not something I anticipated, but a, a real reward, I think. Yeah. Um, there's mentions a tap of a tap room in the US. Is that still on the cards? Tap room in the US. Yeah, I'm Josh not sure. It in a uh, in an interview. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, I'm not sure about that one. I think we, you know, we're Garage Project. We talk about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. If we did a list of all the outrageous shit that we've decided that we could probably do. I think our first step is that we are currently trying to set up a tap room in Auckland, which is, you know, a little closer to home. Um, but that's going up, up head to head against James Squire, or Little Creatures, sorry, who are about to open up a tap so room. So maybe you want, to right. my, you want me to rethink that. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. So that's, I mean, that's, I mean, even that is a big step for us. I mean, the tap room in Wellington works really well because there is actually genuinely a brewery right there. I mean, if you've ever been to it, you know, you're going to get splashed with the hose. You can hear brewers cursing because they've just sprayed yeast all over themselves. You know, it's very dynamic. Uh, and Auckland, obviously, we won't have a brewery right beside it. So we've got to think about what the offering can be that makes it as compelling as what we have in Wellington. Um, but no, that's a cool start. I mean, Auckland's, you know, we, we've, I think it's about time we put a little bit more effort into that. Would an Auckland tap room ever have uh, the scope to have a brew pub on site? So there could be anything I'm there? I'm not or sure. We've, look, we've talked about every mm. possible permutation and I think we're garage projects, so never say no to sure. anything. Never never think that just because it's difficult or makes no financial sense that we wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the, the Brett beer that you were really excited about. Yeah. Uh, you know, your range is... is always changing and, and pretty immense if people are not familiar with your beers. Yeah. What should Australians be grabbing off the shelf if they're going to grab a couple of your beers that are currently hitting shelves here? That are currently here? Yeah. Gosh, that's a difficult question because, you know, I think one of the things that I really like about the range of beers we offer is that there's always something for everyone. You know, I'm a firm believer that no two people really experience the same beer in the same way. Like, everyone has their own unique taste. And, you know, never tell someone how they should experience something. It's just up to them. Um, so, look, you know, I think, and if you've ever been to the tap room, you know, when you go there, the, I think one of the greatest pleasures is somebody coming in saying, I don't like beer. And you're like, well, maybe try that. Because I think probably you just didn't like the beer that you've had previously. But And, and if you can win someone over, that's wonderful. Um, I mean, in terms of things that are over here at the moment, there's a, a tiny smattering of some quite rare stuff. Um, we've got some mutiny on the bounty around, uh, which is quite fun. Um, 
what else? Obviously, fresh pernicious weed. I'm all. I'm. I like. I like pernicious weed. We've got Happy Days, which is on tap, which makes me super happy uh, around around Melbourne. And uh, beer, 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 beer on tap and permanent tap. I think Meat Maiden have got it on oh, permanently wow. there now, which awesome. is which is pretty cool. Because yeah, I remember speaking to Joss. It was when you first released it, and you know he wasn't sure if it'd ever make it to Australia. So it's kind of cool that yeah that we can get it yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. pernicious weed was that one of the original twenty four. It was. Beers it was. It? I'll tell you, it was one of the first three. So when we launched the 2424 where we did basically a brew every week for six months, completely brand new brew, and we launched it down at Hashigo, uh, which is the kind of craft beer headquarters basically in Wellington. Uh, the, first, the first launch we did three beers. We did a beer called Manuka Dark where we had smoked the malt with Manuka chips and that was really fun. It was like drinking bacon. Um, the second one was Trip Hop, uh, which is still around. Uh, and that was then an ESB, right? What was that? Was that an ESB? Yes, yeah. it's an ESB, but it's an interesting one. I mean, we use kiwi hops and German malt, so it's um, you know, it's a, a bit of a different take on that. And then pernicious weed. Um, I mean, it was a fascinating night because the whole bar was packed with people. There was a, even a film crew there, and they poured us like poured me the first beer, and it was pernicious. They poured it, and I had to like cheers everyone and have a taste. And I took a big swig, and I, it was fucking horrible. I was like, oh Jesus. Oh my god! Like what? What is going on? And it was a little bit of like cleaning fluid still in the wine. Oh. I got that last little bit of it, and I'm like, "Fucking fuck! fuck pour me another one." And they did, and it was okay. <laughs> and I was like, "Thank God!" Because at that little moment, I'm like, "What should I do? Should I just like vault the bar and run into the darkness, never to be seen again?" <laughs> like, uh, it was like a nightmare. But then it all came good. So yeah, and it's still around. Finishes food is still around. So I might that's ask cool. one more question that might be impossible to answer. What's it like being responsible for and founding one of the hottest breweries in the world? Quite tiring at times. <laughs> uh, no, look, it's awesome. Like I said, it's, you know, it's more than, it's more than Joss and I. It's a, a really kind of dynamic group of people. Um, you know, and when I, when I look at the things that, that that group of people have achieved, I feel super proud. It's, it's awesome. I mean, we just got Champion Brewer of New Zealand. Um, last weekend, yeah, congratulations! Uh, which is, I mean, it's amazing because you know the beers we brew. It's very, very difficult for us to put them into competitions yeah, sure, and sense. have them like actually tick boxes. So I don't know. I didn't see it coming, and when yeah, to get that, that feels really good. We do have we have like a, a rubbish tin in our cellar door, and it's where all the prizes go. And I've had people accuse me of being an arrogant piece of shit for doing that. But I have to explain, I mean, the reason for it is that, you know, I think, no offense to anyone who gives out those awards, they're, they're, they're amazing and we feel super proud of it. But it's like, I think you need to celebrate that moment and then you need to like, not, don't let it go to your head, don't get arrogant, don't be, don't be a dick about it, pop it in the basket and move on, you know. People can rummage through the basket in the cellar door, they can look at the prizes and that's cool, but don't rest on your laurels. I mean, we never put stickers saying, you know, that we've won things on the bottles. It's just enjoy that moment and move on and whatever you do, don't stop doing the kind of things that, that got you there in the first place because that'd be death. So 
I can't think of a better way to finish this off. Yeah, thank you so awesome. much for joining us. We now. really appreciated this and it's been fun. Yeah, Thanks, guys. you've got some trivia to uh, take part in. We, so, have some, so, we have some trivia. So shut your mouth and let Adam <laughs> questions. Um, I'm allowed to open my mouth in between. It's very hard to keep my mouth shut. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. I know, uh, oh, my Dave, pleasure, guys. Dave thank I you. I'm really looking forward to getting over and checking out Wildwood Workshop. Yeah. When, uh, oh, yeah. Come over. Come yeah. over. We'll do a tour. It's um, awesome. quite exciting now. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks nice. So much. Cheers, guys. Do you want to just go over what beer you're drinking at the moment? Oh, yeah. I'm drinking – I don't actually know the name of it. Uh, some sort of yuzu. I think there might be chili involved from Garage Project. The, the tap badge is beautiful. Is it? Yeah. Um, some sort of soury – I think there's spice in there. Uh, I mean, maybe it's not intentionally sour. Maybe you've got yuzu in there, which is like a yeah, pretty right. sour thing as it is. And you're drinking, drinking the what I assume is a lychee bullet device. Lychee sweet and sour. So I imagine it's a goza. Lucky cat. Perhaps, yeah. yeah. Um. I like it a lot. Yeah, cool. Mine's here. Mine's going down really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, during the, we're at a trivia event at Grape and Grain. Obviously, you can kind of tend if you're going to be here. Oh, we should have got the Sydney event details. Uh, maybe we can look it up as yeah, we go. Yeah, we'll close out on that. Yeah, maybe I'll do – maybe while you look it up, I'll do a beer recommendation. All right. So, again, we probably could have talked about this in the body in the intro, but um, – I went along uh, as an invite to the uh, launch of the Roller Disco Sundays at Moondog Brewery coming up. I wish I knew which one. I think it might be – it's one Sunday every month. I can't think of which one it is, but use the social medias and um, go along So I think it's going to be fun. They've got a – they call it the Oasis Ballroom. They're going to be clearing out uh, in favour of um, – a bit of a roller disco event, which is fun. They're going to have some skates available for hire. Uh, Did you have a roll? No. Well, the launch event wasn't for rolling. It was more about um, getting some media people through the new facility and showing them what's up and showing them the ballroom as well with some nibbles and beers. And they had some um, some pros rolling around serving food, etc. That's pretty so, fun. So, like, they showed the vibe of what was going on. Um, it was actually – it was great. It was a great night. Uh, so, I think it's going to be a heap of fun doing that. So, I mean, as expected, while you're rolling, no booze to be had. But, I mean, you can have some after you've had a roll around. But it's a, it's a, it's a, a good space for that sort of activity. So, um Good fun. While I was there, I uh, had – they've got two experimental IPAs going on that will go into a core – If assuming all goes well, that will go into a core lineup. Um, test number one, test number two, test TSS is the name of – uh, for want of a better phrase, the brewery dog. Josh's dog that hangs around the brewery is Tess and they've named the IPA after her and – Test number two in particular is a massive winner. Very clean, very dry, fresh hops. Uh, if if that's the direction they're going to go with it, it's going to be a fun one. So it's going to be on at the brewery, obviously, but um, I imagine, well, given how good I thought it was, I imagine that sort of beer will hit cans or bottles before long. So watch that space. That's my beer wreck. So while I was in Port Douglas, I went into the bottle shop, as I want to do, and... The particular bottle shop I went into only had one independent beer. 
Uh, and that was Mismatch from South Australia. Yep. Which. Interesting choice to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with their beers. I don't know how many I've had. Yeah. Um, but I got their session. I don't know if they call it session IPA or session ale, but six pack of that. Great. Went down a tree. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if it was super fresh, but it still tasted really good. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, sitting by the pool, drinking one of them from the bottle, I was happy. So, yeah, definitely um, a, a, a beer that I'll, I'll, if I see it in a six-pack, I'll probably pick up again. Yeah, and uh, something that's just struck me is that I thought of a non-beer rack, and now I don't really recall what well, it was going to be. Oh, I got it. Go on. Yeah, you, you, you go there. Okay. Um, so, I've also just been in Shepparton as well. I'm a man about town. Man about the world. Man about regional Victoria. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I stopped in to get a coffee at the Shepparton's, uh, and I think they're probably their best coffee place, newish, uh, Brother Pablo. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a coffee place to me. Yeah. Yep. And I got a, what did I have? I had a cold drip and then I had just their flat white. Delicious. Those guys know how to make a coffee. They do, I think their parent company roasts the beans and they use right. those beans. Um, so I bought some filter coffee beans from them. So if you're in regional Victoria, particularly Shepparton, you need a coffee, Brother Pablo. You know what I'm into at the moment? Mm. Coconut cold brew. You know oh, yeah. Is? Yeah, yeah. Cold brew, maybe half-half with yeah, coconut yeah, water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had that before. No it's worries good. It's at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, approaching summer, that could be the go-to caffeinated beverage of the uh, of the season. Yeah. Mm. They didn't have a, co- a coconut version. Fair enough, yeah. Hey, we got talking. Baby steps. We got talking and they're going to start doing batch brew quite soon as well. Cool. Um, they do filter. Uh, yeah, their, their cold brew was delicious. So. How was the business going? Yeah, it's ticking over yeah. nicely, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, my non-beer recommendation, and it requires commitment, but this is why we do recommendations. Um, my recommendation is to do a bit of research, get a bit of money allocated for it, and if it is in your wheelhouse at all, buy yourself a good quality food processor. Okay. There's, n- there's no reason to get a bad one because it's not going to do the job. Um you need to have a powerful motor with it, but I've made two nut butters recently. One on a shitty little food processor. You can pulse it for one second, push all the nuts down. Pulse it for one second, push all the nuts down. It's uh, It makes your hair grey, essentially. It might be worth it, might not be, but I got a... I spent $450, so it's not like a yeah, crazy amount. Not, not Thermomix But level. I got... no, Yeah, exactly. Um, but I got like a 2,000-watt uh, Breville food processor, I can make a nut butter in about 25 seconds. All right. Uh, How much nut butter are you making? More than most people should, yeah, but I'm on a tear. Like, like, okay, um, okay. Make smoked almond butter on Ooh. a bit of cape seed loaf. I, um, There's nothing better. Yeah. I actually smoked almonds at home the other <sighs> night. I had almonds. I needed something to like zhuzh up a dinner. I had a bit of time. Like, fuck it. Smoke them the walk. Nothing it's like it. Yeah. Um, so I'm a massive fan. But it just if you but like if you're gonna get a free processor, you need to just like four fifty was a cheap version of like it's, I got a good price for it, but there's no point getting a three hundred watt. It just can't deal with it, especially like with dates. If you want to like uh, smash up some dates, that's a that's a machine killer. So no good. Put a few more dollars into it, get a good quality one. It'll make your life better. We use a stick blender. Yep. Um, but for the, the food processing times, I think a good food processor oh, would, would go yeah. a long way. Uh, like it really opens it. Because I, I had so many recipes that I would come across where it's like pop X, Y, and Z into the food. I was like, forget it. 
something else, <laughs> something else. I can't be bothered doing whatever job that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, massive recommendation. Made my life better. Yeah, awesome. Now, uh, Pete mentioned an event he was lo- mm. really looking forward to. Uh, so we're going to give it a quick shout out. So Sydney Beer Week is about to start. It's already started. Anyway, 23rd of October, <coughs> uh, Garage Project and Pirate Life and Thirsty Crow from Wagga. Um, Good trio. Yeah, and they're doing some classic gaming. It's Who called, doesn't like that? It's called the Arcade Party. It's at the Union Hotel in Newtown, and it's the lineup of beers is ridiculous, and they've Garage Project have uh, brewed a beer to almost compete with Pirate Life. Uh, they've called it Boss Level. It's a sticky double IPA that they're launching at the event. So uh, if you want to see what Pete, Brings to a pirate life yeah, party. Yeah, holy shit! Like um, if Pete has, if his thought process um, of decision making was, we're going up against pirate life, who make good IPAs. Let's try and compete. Good lord, mm, that's mm. going to be a winner. So if you're around the area, get involved in that one. It's going to be a ripper. There are a ton of other things happening. Uh, I've been otherwise occupied with holidays and and some family emergency. So. People have been sending me emails and I haven't been responding. Uh, that's that's the why. Uh, and also, yeah, I think our next show maybe we'll, we'll wrap up some events that, that have been coming up. And um, also, our Patreon guys have been ne- neglected. I apologise to everyone that is giving us money and they haven't been getting their their newsletters. Uh, we are fully back on deck now, and the first sort of major perk is coming out soon. So it's worth. Don't lose it'll be worth the wait. We are. Embarrassed by the amount of money that you're giving us, so we're trying to work really hard <laughs> yep. to make it worth your while. Yeah, and if you don't uh, subscribe, sling us a buck. Yeah, it, we we are going to make it worth your while. Uh, Dave, yes, where can we find you? Shoot me an email, David Ale of a Time. Shoot Luke one, Luke at Ale of a Time. It's really easy to figure out the email addresses if you know what our names are and what the show is called. Um, Melb Dave on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow. Send me a tweet. Tell me you hate me. Any kind of interaction will be great. Uh, Luke, how about you? Uh, at Isle of a Time Everett on the internet and a Hypothetical Institute for my What's conspiracy next? podcast. Oh, uh, I think we just released one about vaccines, oh, which yeah? is pretty fun. But that it was recorded fun, like yeah. a month ago. Oh, okay. Uh, I think we're going to do – oh, the next one's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to do – the Cuban government has been accusing the US government of uh, sonically blasting them using sound guns to like on their dip. No, sorry. The Cuban government's been using the sonic blasting on the whatever. There's sonic blasting going on in Cuba. We're not sure if it's a conspiracy or not yet. So what does the sonic beams it's been do? Like they just, they, no one can work in their office anymore because of this, this noise that they can't quite hear is giving them headaches oh. and everyone's like, they think so it's... So they're sending that to the embassies? Yeah, yeah. Apparently okay. it's, yeah. Um, and also the CIA started a social media in Cuba Designed to basically, if anyone was going to revolt, CIA had all the data, and I think this is actually happening. So, a couple of Cuban ones, yeah, that Sonic Weapons, fun. CIA, um, and also Tom DeLonge from Blink One Eight Two. Yeah, he's tackling something crazy, right? Yeah, he he's got a big scheme he's just announced. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah, nice. Tune in to find out what that is. All sorts going on. If you don't subscribe to Hypothetical, why don't you? Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank all you right. for Toe Hider for our theme music as Always well. Always appreciate. The TH. It's T, I guess. It's only one word, but. No, I think TH is TH is all right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Cheers, Dave. Thanks, mate.